Forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world. Those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. But damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. Hello and welcome to a special Father's Day edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host and non-father, Jordan Arith. And with me as always, we have talented artist, comic enthusiast, and fellow non-father, J.R. Gonzalez. Yes. Um, congratulations to all the fathers for being fathers. Uh, c- congratulations for fathers who are going to be fathers. Um, but I like money. So Amber and I chose to have money instead of kids. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, congrats to all want. those non-fathers out there too. It's you know? true. Yeah, C- congrats to you because you could probably no shame to us. Yeah, it's okay to be in your thirties and not have a kid. You know, nowadays. Yeah. Hey, Although, it's... looking on Instagram, uh, it's pretty rare. We're we're a rare breed out there. I feel like everybody I know my age has kids. Um, besides maybe yeah. like four of us. And three of us are me, you, and Zach. <laughs> Whatever that tells you. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go, but definitely um, I think you and I kind of talked about that a little bit about kids and kind of the delay it gives you. I don't know if I'm willing to give that delay. I mean, really yeah. want to go to Japan here real quick. So can't do that with a kid on the way or here. No, so. I mean, it's tough. Like I, I've had a little bit of a... A crash course in parenting. I'm I'm dog sitting my brother Brandon's <laughs> dog along with Marcy. So I have like this quote unquote responsibility this weekend. Mm. And I still found ways to, you know, I still had Magic the Gathering Friday. Right. Uh, you know, we went to Summer Con on Saturday, which we'll talk about it was awesome. And today yeah. I've had Lazy Sunday. And Lazy Sunday is a key component to my weekly routine because I unwind, I do nothing. I watch Mariners. I've watched Two games of NBA basketball playoffs so far. They've been phenomenal games. Uh, Mariners swept the reigning AL champ Tampa Bay Rays, by the way. Um, And I can't, you know, just sit back and do that and be a veg uh, on a beautiful 80-degree summer day in Seattle uh, (laughs) if if I'm I'm parenting over here. So, you know what? I'm going to let it ride as long as I can and and be a, you know, useless Sunday Jordan as as, as long as I can because who knows when that responsibility is going to kick in, you know? You have no idea when it it could happen. So, I mean, all I can say is we have our lazy Sundays too, and uh, we watch a lot of uh, right now Big Bang Theory. But it it's a Gross. mix between reading, TV, art, podcast. Could do it if I had a kid. Plus, I got really expensive stuff. I really know if I'm gonna deal with do, <laughs> some of those things with a kid. Watching this guy, dude, going to SummerCon with Jr. It's so funny watching him sweat because he wants to buy everything in the building. <laughs> just, yeah. 
Yeah, that's got, like, a, a problem. Shaky hand. It's like having like a gambling problem at the craft stable. Yeah, definitely exactly the same because you don't know. <laughs> some of it's okay. Some of it you can make money on. Some of it you're like, I just want. So you're really <laughs> walking into the lion's den if you're a comic book collector at a comic yeah. con. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We had a blast, and, and we'll talk about that. We got a few things talking about this episode. No, no breakdown of a show or a, or a book, but uh, we do have a little bit of potpourri of some topics we want to talk about. What's hot in the comic book universe? What we're watching? Yeah. Um, our summer con experience, and also we're going to do our first talk stock section where we go into investing in comics. Something I kind of mm. learned about this weekend. You know, if you're going to invest in comics that are going to be valuable, hopefully more so later, what comics should you go with? So we'll we'll pick JR's brain on that. Um, but before we go into all those topics, let's start with our beverage breakdown. Break it down again. Uh, <laughs> it's like I wait all Sunday for that just release, you know? It's just a buildup. And then, ting! Just, uh, except I've been drinking before this, so it's not good yeah, that's. Let's talk about drinking because I did drink that freaking seltzer yesterday, and I think I drank about seventy five percent of that can because um, mm-hmm. it tasted like uh, water and black cherry. Sure. And I will tell you, I, I got a little bit of a buzz. I walked around uh, <laughs> um, SummerCon with a bit of a buzz, and um, I was surprised. So, yeah, three quarters of a seltzer will get Jr. in. And we, uh, it's a big can though, so I mean, it's not. It was a big it. can, it was a big can, and I'm proud of you for not, you know, splurging with the buzz on, because usually the fingers in the wall gets a little looser when you got a little buzz in the system. So, you know, oh yeah, you just pull the trigger a lot faster when you have no uh, ambitions <laughs> towards. <laughs> you're just going for it. Amen to that. So we do have a delicious beer on tap and I will not forget the picture of it this time JR. <laughs> I just remembered there. while you're opening it because I always try to remember prior and then I'm like crap it's during this show I remember just as bad well, you know as what I'm just going to take this picture right now because I'm only got one of these beers so okay, I need to get the picture before I drink it it's all part of the social media buzz that Jordan and I do not like whatsoever We're we are you can get it um, with your face in there. Like getting the ankle. Why is taking that uh, graphic picture? Uh, mm. It's really hard for us because we're not the most uh, savvy when it comes to social media or taking pictures with us and them. It it take a, it took a minute for us to realize, hey, we're at SummerCon. Let's actually take pictures while we're here. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, it's just we're not self self promoters. Like you know what, it's not our it's not our speed, and it's kind of a necessity in this business. And you know what, we're just gonna we're gonna do what we have to. But yeah, I, I just I do not like being in the pictures. And I, I mean, we <laughs> ran into to Bucky. We ran into the Winter Soldier. We had to snap a pic with him. Uh, we yeah. ran into our boy, our best friend Doug, and had to give him a best mm-hmm. friend hug. So I had to take a picture with him. But uh, yeah, not our speed. But regardless, uh, got some pictures of this one, and that's what we're drinking today. We're drinking Johnny Utah. One of my Ooh. favorites. Uh, another casualty of the MTG Friday. I think James left this one. Uh, it's a pale ale from Georgetown Brewery, brewing here in Seattle. Um, and I hope you know this, JR, but if I told you that Georgetown has two IPAs, one named, they have several, but they have two that are uh, named. One's Johnny Utah, the other one's named Bodie. 
what movie you think they're a fan of at Georgetown Brewing? Ooh, uh, let me see. Uh, Bodhi, uh, as in Bodhisattva. Mm-hmm. As in uh, Proud Chili Peppers was in the movie. Mm, I'm not sh- quite sure. So Bodhi, so Bodhi is just the name, not Bodhisattva in the movie. But Johnny know, Utah but they, is the more prominent. Bodhisattva is the philosophy of Bodhi, which is um, it's Point Break. Obviously, it's one of my favorite hey, there we go. of all time. Keanu, I cannot <laughs> not know Keanu Reeves. I mean, I know some of his like 1980s drama movies, uh, specifically Permanent Record. So I'm gonna know Point Break <laughs> pretty Did well. Did you watch Scanner Darkly? Have I have Scanner seen Darkly? Scanner Darkly. I've seen Johnny Mnemonic too, which I didn't quite enjoy. Um, walking, um, is it Walking in the Clouds? Uh, I have seen The House on the Lake. So I mean, the Lake House. Come lake on. House. Uh, house on the lake. lake. Sorry. If it was a horror movie. It'd be called The House on the Lake. But there's a, a book, a comic movie. book called uh, Nice House on the Lake, um, which is a horror book. So yep. Where I got that? I mean, from, like but, where house is one of the first words. That's usually a horror book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, cool. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, Point Break, legendary movie. Obviously, Georgetown's a fan. They named the beers after it. Johnny Utah's a pale ale. I, I think IPA is, it's, uh, it's if it's not past its peak, it's at its peak right now in popularity. So everybody's looking for IPAs. Um, and amongst that chaos, you know, I've kind of refined it back down to the old pale ale train. I feel like IPAs are delicious, incredibly hoppy. They'll get mm-hmm. you drunk. But if you ever want just a little bit more dulled down, refined, simplistic taste, Super recommend Johnny Utah Pale Ale. I think Georgetown is probably my favorite brewery, um, especially here in Seattle. I mean, they got the Bodie's one of my favorites. Lucille was one of my early favorites uh, that kind of got me into the IPA game. And Johnny Utah is another staple that they just they keep crushing them out of the park. So big fan of Johnny Utah, big fan of Georgetown. Just look how beautiful that hue is. That's great. I'd get it just because it's Johnny Utah. I'm the funny thing is I haven't seen that beer around. Like, is that like I mean in the grocery stores Does oh yeah oh yeah you'll see it all around you get them at Costco actually James recommend I go to Costco because they're like eleven ninety nine for a six pack they're kind of pricey yeah. but Costco you can get them for eight so rack oh, them up I have to try it out for sure yeah we know you won't but if you do ever run into it you know at my, well, we my apartment my fridge you'll try to buy some beer okay I'll buy some beer That's you. Well, that's our <laughs> beverage breakdown for today. Um, so let's get into, you know, some hot topics in the uh, the comic book world. So Sweet Tooth kind of took the world by storm in the recent weeks on Netflix. Uh, was mm-hmm. a comic book now adapted to a Netflix series. You finished the whole first season. Um, Did. I got through four and a half episodes. Uh, who who wrote Sweet Tooth? What what uh, Who's the writer for the comic book series? So if you... F- Heard any of our episodes, which I know all probably have. Um, Jeff Lemire, we did Underwater Welder. Um, I don't know, was that maybe a year and a half ago? That's quite a while ago. We did Underwater Welder, it was a um, while ago, but we did have a highlight from it in our 10k episode. Gotcha. Um, and the great thing about well, th- the great thing about Jeff Lemire is it's, it's a good and a bad thing, I guess, because he's his is the artist and he's the writer, so everything is controlled by what he does. and uh, Jeff Lemire is a Canadian um, comic book writer and, and 
Um, his stuff is, is great. His writing is off the charts, as in talent-wise. Um, his art is a unique taste and an acquired taste. And so I think for myself, uh, Sweet Tooth, um, the book, which is quite a quite large as a comic series. Um, large, it, like popular or large, like long? Well, it's definitely popular, but you got to be more of a comic book like person to have read that stuff. Like you've got to be a, one of those kind of guys that just buys almost everything. Um, but they, they're going to, they're going to finish it this August. So from 2009 to 2021, that's quite a long time to have a comic book run. Um, yeah. wow. and of, um, see if I can get an issue count for you. I mean, it's, I'm looking Probably at images skip. right now of the artwork on Google. Uh, it is colored, so I know Underwater Welder was black and white. This one does look in I, color. Um, looks a little, lot more detailed, actually, than Underwater Welder, I will say. So if this is his art as well, he's he's got some talent. Um, yeah, Jeff Lemire is the man. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's definitely a harder... Um, it, it, it's so stylized, the art, so... And be a little bit shaky at times. I mean, the first Sweet Tooth book is priced pretty good to buy, so as is expensive. Yeah. yeah. So here's my thing with Sweet Tooth, and I'll and I'll let you go into yours. You're a big fan of the show, and and for good reason. I mean, I think the world's a big fan of the show. Um, I couldn't get into it, man. And I I, I really tried. I watched four and a half episodes. They're about hour long episodes, so I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I put in some time, and I will say it started off well. I thought the uh, the premise of the story is cool. I, I'm sure the comics are great, and I I honestly was really stoked that Will Forte was in it. And spoiler alert, he's in it for a hot second, and then he gets the the sick, is what they call it, mm-hmm. and he he passes, and that's the first episode. And I was like, oh, so this is not the Will Forte story. I had no idea what I was getting into. Obviously. It's about <laughs> It's about Gus more so than anything. Um, but I really feel like the show took a turn at that point and became a kid's show. And if I'm looking at the art here, just going off the art, and I could, be, I could be way off and I probably am, but the art looks dark. It looks very, you know, like you said, stylistic, but it looks like there's some gore in there. And and I, and I do recall some moments of the show where there was an opportunity for some graphic scenes. Like there was a part where a big man put the bear trap on the dude's head and like closed it and like they didn't show it, but you saw it was happening. And so my concern is that I feel like it took a very similar approach like lock and key did where you have this dark, really, you know, deep and, and, and interesting premise of this comic. And then you, when you want to adapt it to Netflix, you make it so much more wide, universally appealing to right. basically a family show when you can actually go more pointed and make it more, you know, dark and, and interesting and different. And I feel like they 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 softened it for the masses, and in doing so, it became a kids book and it, or a kids show. And it could be a kids book from the whole time. I could be way wrong. Like I'm saying, I've read it, but that's my concern because I do feel like it really focused on Gus. And Gus was just this little lighthearted kid who was sweet and adorable. But I don't want to watch that shit. And and also the parents and like here's my here's my last piece. And, and I I just I verified this with you, but it's like ten to twelve years after the the Great Crumble that the show takes place, and. Yeah, for those that haven't seen it, it's just a post-apocalyptic world of this is giant, you know, epidemics very, very close to home with the pandemic we're going through or went through. And uh, 
it's like 10 years later and all of a sudden like the world is gone there's like like wandering people like there's it's like walking dead essentially there's indigenous mm-hmm. tribal societies of like teenage kids that have like cage tigers and treehouse like freaking na- like systems and like all this shit it's like there's no way that would happen in 10 years like the fact that this all happened in 10 years like it just they have like two sides of this giant like this tribe and they have to pick a, a leader it's like dude I feel like they just jumped like a hundred years ahead in time, but really there's only intent. And I just could, I, I couldn't follow it. Pair that with the, the kid leading the, the protagonist show. And, and, and then the, the adults just like getting really soft around them the whole time. Like big man got so soft so quick because it's a fucking kid show. So that's my long rant about why I didn't like sweet tooth. Like, <laughs> I have a lot of people out there that are disagreeing with me, but I just, I couldn't get into it, but you liked it JR. So why, why did you like it? like it um maybe because i haven't read the book which i'm finding to be very successful um in my uh journey here of radio shows and tv you know stuff like that um so the 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 book itself was first publicated in 2009 and it looks like it's it's had you know off the cells for quite a while and then had a uh, conclusion um or the return of 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 the the book came back last year, so quite a bit of a gap in there. But for me, the show kind of wasn't. I I totally get what you're saying, as in like maybe change the aspect of having the the wider the audience, you know. And um, for for me, I think I once I got past the fourth episode fifth episode it was intriguing as in you got an antagonist and war forte is he does come back just so oh. you know yes. uh, okay well now i'm back in forget everything i said the show's great so he does come back and explains um because what they did was turn this story into a mystery and because you're always wondering how did this uh, disease happen or how did this uh, plague happen? And all of a sudden you have uh, half animal children um, and there's kind of like some hate going on. And so throughout the story, you're following Gus and then you're kind of um, seeing how you think turns out and to became where Gus is actually the first hybrid kid. Um, so he's, he's the oldest and, uh, and, and it, Will Forte comes back and to show why he's in even in the movie or even in the show and why he's he's his papa, his papi or whatever. And um Papa. Papa, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, there's more to it. Um I could see where it could have fallen off. I mean, we we lock and key issue or books or show kind of um it could have fallen right. It was very close. Don't get me wrong. Like it could have been right in that line of like, well fuck. They're just making, you know, making this thing up. And yeah, I mean, there are some things that are 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 kind of kid driven. You're absolutely right. It's a 10 year basically dystopia. And for some reason, um uh you got some some badass kids with like military training. So uh within 10 years. Yeah. And there were like if they were born before the, the plague hit or the virus. That means there were probably like five or four, right? And so, um, but yeah, there's some little things like that. But there's it, it turns into a 
like, okay. And it left you at a cliffhanger too. So you're like, what the fuck? So now they want you to get the other season. Come on. But yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it just because it was um, quite enough of an adult movie for show for me to enjoy. Not such a. So what it's you're saying to... is I need to be patient. It gets better after the five episodes. Well, it gets better for me. I'm My concern with you is um, you're going to definitely nitpick more and more as you go along. And so um, my big concern for you yeah. is I think the great thing about myself and even when like Zach was here is kind of like I was kind of a little bit of both you guys when it came to liking stuff. Um, and you're always like the guy that's like, well, let me – let me get this, you know, let me nitpick this, you know, um, and I'm a cynic, a cynic. And, but I will say that the, the plot gets way better. And it does. It just does. Okay. Yeah. Will Forte does a really good job. Uh, Gus, does a really good job. Um, I did when I, my stopping point was the third episode. I did stop at the third and then I took a couple days to go back to it. So I could see maybe that he did that. Yeah, third is when I started losing interest, but I, th- I wanted to power through. And then once you like the whole bridge scene was happening, like I was just like, dude, this is a, the, the kiddiest. I felt like I was watching Jumanji, like, the movie, you know. But but hey, you know, if it gets better, it gets better. And I'm not here to be a, a cynic. I just I can't get into kiddie shows. Yeah, I'm not a father. Yeah, I discuss this. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't do it. I try it, I can't. But, okay, so Sweet Tooth, JR recommends it. I will take most of my critiques back about it not being a good show because I did not give it a full chance. But the things that I get irritated by, I think, are irritating. There's another show out there, though, that is also taking the world by storm that I am a very big fan of, and that is Loki. Now, there's been two episodes released so far. We're going to probably do a whole story arc when it comes out. Our boy John Levine was in it, crushed it in the brief intro that he had. Episode one. Two episodes in. What are your thoughts so far, JR? Um, I'm intrigued. I like. I think we talked about this uh, yesterday, and my biggest thing is I had no idea where they're going. I really don't know where the show's going. There's no um, history for me as a comic book reader that I I've read, and I have read some Loki stuff and some well, obviously Thor stuff, but I have no idea where they're going, and I'm liking that. Um, we're seeing some really great acting. The music, composive, the composing music in there um, is off the charts, just like it has been for the last uh, other two web series is what they're calling them. Um, and it looks amazing. I mean, it, the CGI in this is just over the top. So, um, and who doesn't love Tom Hiddleston? I mean, who doesn't love Owen Wilson? I mean, it's really hard. To, yeah, it's really hard to uh, not enjoy guys is acting and um here's some trivia for you name another movie that they've been in together we've already discussed this midnight in paris is that you that said that to me <laughs> yeah that was on the trivia episode with john oh <laughs> i was well, i was reading this article that um actually i was watching uh an interview with tom middleson that's my segue into myself by the way and um he talked about that and he, he thought the, the movie was actually based in the 1920s, like all of it, his, cause his character was. And so when he walked up to Owen Wilson and he was like, so, and, and Owen Wilson's in like normal clothes. Right. And Owen Wilson's like, no man, I, I'm like traveling back in time, you know? And 
yeah. And <laughs> so he was like, um, just so he's like, I just didn't read the whole script, you know? So it's kind of interesting to watch him grow <laughs> as an actor, yeah. I guess. That is funny. And they're electric on this. On I mean, it's so good to see Owen Wilson back and, and just in his element. I feel like his character. Mobius, uh, Mobius and Mobius. Is, he's just, just, he's just mm-hmm. perfect. Perfect casting for that role. If that's the character that they wanted to portray, he's exactly what you're looking for. And he just is Owen Wilson in his element with Tom Hiddleston, bouncing back off each other, back and forth. They got the great banter going. And you see the fragility. I think that my favorite part so far is that it is very, it's definitely going to be a mystery. Um, they've kind of already le- like released, you know, the, the end of the second episode kind of gives you a little bit of a taste of where they're going. But it's literally the battle of who Loki's character is. It's like he's the trickster. He's got the dark side. He's a murderer. He's wiped out civilizations, basically. But he's also got a lovable side to him. And 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 everybody is on the negative side besides Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson believes he can bring the good out in Loki. And Loki's got you can see the inner struggle of him who he wants to be, but who he actually is. And it's such a cool dynamic to put that into a whole story plot of like Loki finding himself basically, which I love. It's like the battle of the inner anti-hero. Yeah. And I'm that's so Loki. I mean, that's a hundred percent Loki in the comic books. Um, I've mentioned this, I don't know how many times, but my favorite, favorite one of my stories is the siege storyline that came out, you know, like 2000, Six or seven, I don't know. It's been a long time. Um, and where Loki sacrifices himself to Sentry and uh, dies. And that's and that's kind of the start of um, where Loki comes back to life. He comes back to it as a kid, and then he turns into a woman, and then he comes back again, you know. So um, we've seen that in the Avengers movie as well. I mean, just kind of throwing Thanos off for a second so that Hulk can get yeah. out of there. So... Uh, he watches that happen in replay mm-hmm. too. Cries about show. it. He, uh, yeah, that's when it clicks. I think he's like, okay, I gotta do something about this. Like, right? He was he on was. path, and now he sees that he can change his, his change his destiny, which it's awesome. So I think it's gonna be freaking great. I I think it could be the best show we've seen so far from Marvel, and they've had two stunners. So I I would be not surprised, but hopeful. Yeah. You know that. But this season is even can even top that. And there's there's also more out in the uh, comic book universe, uh, more controversial. But uh, there was some <laughs> cat one Catwoman Cunnilingus articles out there about uh, a story so apparently being altered by DC because Batman went down on Catwoman, and take that away from the world, the world's gonna uproar, and the world did. And Zack Snyder responded with a hilarious picture of Batman on a rooftop going down on Catwoman and his quote said canon, which I think is exactly what the world wanted to see. So what are your thoughts on this whole dilemma of Batman trying to get his or actually give his? Um, It's a very interesting topic. I mean, I think I threw up uh, uh, kind of like a quick question on our Instagram is how would you want your superhero portrayed? I mean, I mean, all the all of us who've read comics our whole lives. I mean, we're um, it's kind of weird to say, but you kind of have these characters in your life from the beginning to the end, and you kind of like part. It's part of your life. So how do you how do you feel about having that kind of maybe your childhood open up in a way that adults would see Batman in in a different light? Um, for me, I don't give two shits. I think art is art, and I think um, 
if Batman needs to, I mean, him and Catwoman have always had this um, lustrous relationship. It's kind of like uh, Spider-Man and the Black Cat. It's never been about a relationship, more about attraction. So um, Batman and Catwoman are similar. Um, and I think it's fine. I mean, I've seen some really heinous stuff in comic books. Um, there's a an old comic book cover. I think it's a, a Green Arrow cover. Or a uh, maybe an Avengers cover, but where um, there's a superhero and he's addicted to drugs, and on the cover is you see the needle in the spoon and his arm, and he's in distress. So I mean, th- that's the kind of c- covers we used to see in the past. Now you can't have it because people get well, so offended, and apparently it, um, it it offend a lot of people. So do we live in a time and age where that's offendable? Yes. Do I care? No. I think it's great. Um, there's I don't want it to go to the Japanese style of you know where the just a pornography of a book, but if it's in good taste, why not? It's like a movie. Right? Throwing the Japanese under the bus. That's just the Japanese. Yeah, I mean they have that uh, anime stuff that's freaky. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I, I, I thought you know, there's two sides of this. There's obviously the side that the people want to see, and there's a side of, you know, DC trying to keep their label family friendly whatever you want to call it. I saw plenty, obviously once this happened, you know, panels were leaked everywhere where there's been sex scenes and everything in comic book lore. And there was a scene where Ant-Man was, Hank Pym was going down on some girl. I can't remember who it was, but was like shrunk down and went inside her basically and like rocked her world and then came back out, you know, and like, it's exactly what Ant-Man would do. You know, I mean, I imagine I saw him and Wasp get down. And uh, there was a Green Arrow Black Canary panel where mm. Green Arrow was getting his and giving it to her and she was loving it and he was get, he was going down on her. So it's like it has happened before. It's just so classic that DC just can't figure out the right way to do something. Like, like this just like they had one cool thing they could have done and they, they, nope, they reversed it and now they're the bad guys again. Nobody likes DC again. It's like they have all these missed opportunities. And, and I think Zack Snyder just put it perfectly. It's like it's right. canon now, whether you want it to be or not what the world wants the internet's out there you can't hide you can't hide anymore like you can't you can't keep everything parental advisory anymore like you, you can have those those blocks on your on your your you know comcast xfinity whatever you have on demand and once your kid turns six and is able to maneuver a remote which nowadays is probably four uh yeah you can't can't block that shit anymore just so just, just let it happen man everybody and especially with the woman empowerment like Going down women's amazing. Like that's that's what fucking we should be celebrating. And and if I was a girl and I had a big catwoman fandom, I would put that Zack Snyder frame over my bed, post that shit. That's such a power move. I agree. And I think it's dope. Why not? But it Yeah, why not? And in the Batman universe, one thing I did want to ask you, one story that is kind of on a roll right now, it seems, is the Nightwing run. So have you read any of these Nightwing? books and why are they taking off all of a sudden um there's every once in a while some of these books this is only a guess but i can always ask later uh at the gun book store but there was like a certain i mean batman's always been popular but uh there was a batman run where first appearance of someone comes out and it, uh, it was a punchline she had a, like a first appearance in like Batman number eight. Like a, the new run of Batman came out like it, it was like eighty nine or something like that. So eighty nine through like ninety five, Batman all of a sudden took a spike. 
in like sales because you had this new character coming out punchline and uh, everybody wanted the book because that book could probably be worth money because it got first appearance. Um, my assumptions for Nightwing is the same thing. Um, I have not picked that book up. I have not. I mean, I love Nightwing. Don't get me wrong. I'm watching Titans right now and uh, Dick Grayson is doing a, a bang up job because it's brutal and Nightwing becomes that way. And maybe that's what's going on, but that's just my my guess. And usually it's not the whole run. It's popular. It's like four or five books. Maybe something came out in those four or five books, a hint of a new character um, or a, a new costume or something like that. But it's popular. The fact that you're hearing about it tells me that it's popular. And uh, the, the great thing. Wow. Uh, the, <laughs> if Jordan great thing about ab- it, then it's gone all the way well, down I, to the the basement floor you're not of in like uh, uh, I mean you, you do a lot of comic book stuff but I, I do when I, the fact that I'm attached to com- Action City Comics I get to see all kinds of things and the request and the spike of things go up and like you know when people are starting to ask all of a sudden for this one book like why you know and that happened yeah. with Nightwing so um, it's like what the f-? all of a sudden you're like Doug's like why do I need to order a bunch of these books all of a sudden you know um, so does that happen often? Does the do the masses get to something before like the comic book stores realize it, and then they they're playing catch up, or is it kind of just no? It's miss? well, it's definitely a guessing game for sure. Um, usually, when you do orders for books, it's about two months out. So a lot of times, where something spikes within those two months, um, you're not going to get them, which makes it even more popular because that means it's a limited edition because they go off of like uh, how many books do you want. And then they make them basically, or uh, they get them all set up, and then, or they have a limited run. Sometimes um, presses the the presses don't come out with enough books, that kind of stuff. So, um, it's all kinds of little things. And uh, one book that I think I that was like that was uh, Spider Man Fifty Five that came out a couple months ago, six months ago. Um, did not expect this the spike because of and that was a cover that was a, a Gleason cover and it just blew right out of the sky and um, we didn't have enough so you had when they, people came into the store they had to do one uh, one per customer. That the Miles Morales cover? Oh, it's a, a different, different one. It's literally uh, like a like a it's Spider Man's head but in web he drew it in a web for like it's just webs and spider webs. And so it was like super popular. Yeah. I mean, I got a regular cover and I got a virgin cover. A virgin cover means there's no letters. There's no barcode. It's just straight art on the cover. Um, but yeah, it just, there's all kinds of little things. I mean, um, we are in a bubble and popularity for comics, not just because of the movies, but the comic books themselves is just gone. Skyrocketed. Yeah. Well, that was very on display at SummerCon in Puyallup yesterday. I think that we both had a fucking great time. Uh, went there and saw some mm-hmm. some heroes, you know. Both uh, two members of the office were there, David Cockner and, and, and uh, Meredith. Uh, I can't remember her, her name, but they were both there. Uh, Bo-Katan. Uh, Katie Sackoff. Uh, the actress plays Bo-Katan. What's her name again? Katie Sackoff was there. Uh, Lou Ferrigno was there. We didn't get to see him, but Doug saw him. And, uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, he looks just like me, which is make, makes a lot of sense. Um, but no, it was really cool. It was really cool to see all the booths, all the different types of uh, you know people there, all the costumes. Obviously, uh, I saw mm-hmm. a girl who made her own Doc Ock outfit. That was awesome. 
mentioned before, we saw Winter Soldier, uh, tons of Mandalorian characters, just all across the board. Um, you know, Jim was there. Uh, Doug's brother was great. We'd see him. We were over at Phil's Collectibles for a while. Just all sorts of cool stuff. But I don't know. What were your favorite parts of, um, of Summer Con? What, what did you? You know, obviously Comic Con is our it was first Comic Con. I think like maybe of the obviously of the year for this state. Um, but yeah. I would say just being able to see some of those rare books out there was kind of cool. I mean, we saw the first appearance of, I mean, obviously I'm a Spider-Man fan. So I was like just drooling with these books. And I, of course I brought just cash with me cause I'm like, I'm not going to spend, you know, all kinds of money. And of course they had the first appearance of Punisher there. You know, they had, uh, they, I was, I was looking for amazing Spider-Man 301. Um, and we think we one guy had it. I think we saw one vendor have it, one for like a hundred bucks or one for seventy five bucks. And yeah. of course, I'm like, let's just go look at another booth <laughs> before. <laughs> so I think that was my favorite part. His yeah. hand started twitching. His he was, his hand was sweet tooth, and I could see his pinky fingers right. twitching. And a so bit. I think um, I think that's was my favorite part, just seeing those books out there because. COVID, you don't really get to see these books. So you can look on eBay, you look online, and with everybody buying them everywhere, you're, my one of your biggest fears as a collector is like, man, am I going to get it? And so that's what brings up the anxiety to buy crap, and that's when you make a mistake because you're like, oh, man, I'm not going to see that ever again, or it's going to spike, the price is going to skyrocket. I saw multiple, multiple experience of Punishers. I saw multiple, multiple of some of the higher-end books. I mean, we saw first appearance of Miles Morales. And so I think that was the cool part to see was all these books back out there. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. And honestly, you taught me a lot. I have always been intrigued by the comic book, you Mm -hmm. know, the game, you know, like what, if you're a comic book shop owner, what's your target market? What do you, what kind of comics do you look for? When do you look for them? How much do you pay for them? Like there's so much that intrigues me about comics and watching you and Doug kind of sift through the slabs. Uh, which I learned that term and, and basically look for like, what do you look for on a comic book to see if it's the one you want to buy or not? Where do you look for like the damage on the spine, the corners, the bent mm-hmm. up, the, the off white to the white pages, like all that interesting stuff is so cool. And it got me thinking like people treat comic books like they treat the stock market. Like it's, it's Absolutely. very similar. You can, inv- these are investments and, and there's so much content and data out there that you can kind of use and or sift through to see you know what's your next investment and i don't think that you know i'm sure people deep in the game all see like you all see comics like investments but people like on my side like you said i'm not the most in the in the center circle of the comic book world people on the outside looking in like this is new to me like this is new to me looking at comics like a potential like future investments so i did want to go start a new segment called (laughs) you know stock talk and and what what comic stocks should people be focusing on right now, Jr. So I would like to kind of give two options to our sure. listeners. One sure. option that may be on the cheaper side, maybe fifty dollars or less, uh, if they want to get a comic now that you think is going to blow up here soon, or you know down the road that, that would be a good investment. And then maybe a little bit more pricey range for those experienced buyers or the wealthier buyers that want to get something the hundred bucks and up that's going to you know blow up down the road or is going to blow up soon. So let's start with the cheaper option. What what's What's a fifty dollar under comic that you would sure? There's actually there's two ways to look at to this. Find. There's um and there's two types of collectors and the guys and and there's also two types of people who sell stuff. Okay, so there's a a guy who or lady or whoever person, um who sells comics and they love buying old comics because the old comics 
aren't going to lose value as fast. You know, so let's like I was saying, the first appearance of Punisher. Well, that hasn't really gone down in price. In fact, it's jumped up quite a bit. It's gonna and it's gonna continue to jump up. Um, but let's say you buy like a new book. Um, I bought a Star Wars number seven about uh, last year. All right, and it's done by a, a great artist, um, Thomas Michael something. He's got three three names that are uh, the same, or first names. And that Star Wars, right off the bat, before it even sold, it was a $25 book, but it was sold uh, online prior to being released for like 100 Now, I can't sell that book more than $25 for, or what I got it for. So there's, there's two different ways to look at it. Um, if you're just looking to get something, I would get with something, what we call a key book, which is an older appearance. Um, I think we were talking about the, um, the winter guard, which is kind of an Iron Man, uh, black widow kind of character, not showing up, no hints about it, no speculation. Um, I got it confused with the red guardian, which is showing up in the black widow, um, movie, David Harbor, and that's in like yeah. Avengers. Uh, what did I say? Like forty four or something like that. Uh, uh, but Winter Guard, right now, you can get it for like a, under twenty bucks under on eBay, cheaper in a store, depending on the quality. Um, again, you're looking for like corners, nicks, and the binds. Open it up, check the staples, make sure they're not rusted. Um, you can get the first appearance of Red Guardian, which is coming out, or Taskmaster, Taskmaster, which is coming out in that book. It uh, was already flying off them off the shelves as well. Um, and you can get, um, let's say, for like a, under two hundred dollars for that first appearance of the Red Guardian, and that's in uh, Avengers forty three. So it just depends on where you're at. Um, I like doing a little bit of both. I, um, I just bought there. A, there's a new Moon Knight comic book ongoing series coming out. Um, I did was buy a, a regular cover uh, by a, an artist called Gabriel Del Ordo, um, and then I bought a Virgin cover. So what I'll do is I'll get the Virgin cover probably graded and then sell that, and because the movie's coming out, um, and so that's yeah Oscar Isaac, so, so he's gonna crush right, it. So there's um, that's kind of like a, a great hint that I just put out there because you know what's driving a lot of these these days is. Uh, the media, the the movies, the TV show. So if you got some, if you got some speculation coming out about a character being in a movie, um, like Carnage did, that book, uh, Amazing Spider-Man three sixty three, um, that book jumped up in value. And thank goodness I got it. I like I knew a kind of we kind of thought that he was going to come out. So I went around to all the shops that I possibly could to find that book, and I bought it for under $150. Now, good luck trying to do that right now. So um, that's kind of what I would do. Um, Winter Guard is the low risk. First appearance, always great to buy first keys, first appearance. Um, If you're looking for a high risk, if you're looking for a book that's already up there, uh, Morbius, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 101, got a movie coming out. It was already an expensive book. It's probably going to be another book. Um, if you can get your hands on uh, the first appearance of Moon Knight, I mean, that's already in like the $4,000 range, I think, you know? So, but, you know. Or geez. Jeez. Yeah, it's up there. <clears throat> so if you got the money to do it, do it. I mean, we saw Doug. He has the money to do it. So he was spending. Uh, Doug got the first appearance of Luke Cage. Be, I saw that. Got the first. So stuff like that. 
um, he's got first appearances of Wolverine, and these are things. And and Doug's a little bit later in the game too. Um, his brother Jim's been doing this for his whole life, so I have books for this week that we can t- discuss. And next week, I'll uh, I'll get some key books that are coming out, so it's easier. So you could buy them for like four dollars, and then hopefully they they grow in uh, price here. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's very similar, even more so now to the stock market when you put it that way. You got your blue chip stocks like your, you know, your Apple, your Google, like your just mm-hmm. safe bets that are going to slowly build. The payout's not going to be maybe extreme, but you're going to slowly, you know, know you're going to slowly rise. And then you have your risky newer options that you take a flyer on that's, you know, low risk because it's a cheap investment. And, you know, potentially high reward. It could triple or quadruple in, in value if, if if the right movie hits. And I love the the movie, you know, playing impact because if you have an idea of who's playing the role and how likable that actor or actress is, you have a good idea that it's going to be a popular character. Like, I think Red Guardian's so expensive already. Like, it mm-hmm. is, you said it's 150 bucks, 120 bucks right now. First appearance yeah. Red Guardian because David Harbour's playing it. And David Harbour's one of the most likable actors out there right now. I mean, he... He's everybody's favorite, or at least one of them in Stranger Things. He's no Steve Harrington. But, like, you have that, and then you have Oscar Isaac playing Moon Knight. Like, Oscar Isaac is a fantastic actor. He's going to crush the Moon Knight role, and Moon Knight's going to be guaranteed one of the fan favorites because of his split personality, like, persona. He's a bad he's a bad boy Batman, basically. Like, that's going to be huge. Whoever ends up playing Gambit is going to be a huge, hopefully a huge name, and hopefully they crush the role because Gambit's such a likable, you know, character out there, and the first appearance of Gambit and Uncanny X Men two what thirty two sixty six the first like appearance of Gambit two sixty six that one's already like two hundred and fifty bucks but like you know it's gonna probably go up to a thousand eventually because it's Gambit such a you know polarizing character like it's just really cool to think about comics like that like forecast what movies and shows are coming out who's playing that role let's go to their first appearance let's see how that price is and let's buy it like. That's a fun game that we're going to play with you guys and hopefully give you guys some 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 hot insider tips on what comic to look for next when you're at the shop. And if you find some of these ones you find in dollar bins, like you were talking about oh, the, yeah. the Vision, the White uh, Vision. The, uh, um, so there, it's like West Coast Avengers, you know, or whatever, that the first appearance of the White Avenger, or the White uh, Vision showed up. And of course, that book had been sitting in the dollar bins for years. I mean, no one wanted that book. The West Coast Avengers. So that's where you see um, uh, the U.S. agent show up, you know, a lot, which is uh. right. So um, so nobody bought that book. And then all of a sudden you see that book and everybody's like auctioning them off on, on Instagram. And, you know, you're, you can't buy it for under 100 bucks. You know what I mean? So um, there was another book that sat in the, in the dollar bin and it was the first appearance of Steel. Uh, uh, Superman and that book sat in there forever. I mean, Doug had uh, tons of them in the dollar bin, and now they're, you know, quite a bit of money. So cool. So just keep a listen out for our episodes. We'll have some tips for you guys. And next time you go to the comic book shop, if you're perusing for something specific, all the power to you. If you need some tips on what to look for, we'll give them to you. Um, so that kind of recaps our episode this week. Is there anything you wanted to plug out? Um, I think, uh, that was pretty much it. We had a pretty fun week. Um, we did miss a week, but we, you know, we had some stuff coming on. So, um, yeah, it's good. We're going to try and get out there more. So it'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And as always follow action, action city comics and follow us at hop heroes pod on Instagram and Twitter. 
Thank you guys so much for checking in this week, and catch y'all next week. Bye.